Welcome to the Golden Age of Comic Books. Hey, Golden Age fans, it's December 15th, 2008, and this is the Golden Age of Comic Books, episode number 60. This is Bill Jordan, your host. I'm very glad you're here for our fourth annual Christmas episode of the Golden Age of Comic Books. So, Merry Christmas, everybody, and I'm glad you could join me for this special episode of the Golden Age of Comic Books. On our previous Christmas shows, I've covered a lot of different things. Christmas covers, my favorite Christmas stories. Last Christmas, I talked about Santa Claus and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as they appeared in comic books during the Golden Age of Comics. But I thought this Christmas I'd talk about one Christmas story that I've covered in passing on a couple of other episodes of the Golden Age of Comic Books, but that I've never covered in great detail. And it is a Christmas story, and it's unique in that it introduced a key Golden Age character who still appears in comics today to the world. I'm not aware of any other Golden Age Christmas story that actually introduced a very popular character to the comic book reading public during the Golden Age of comics. And that character is none other than the great Uncle Scrooge, as created by Carl Barks for the Walt Disney Company. In 1947. Now, I'm going to come back to our discussion about Uncle Scrooge in just a few minutes, but before we do that, I wanted to mention some other items on the Golden Age of Comic Books for our Christmas 2008 episode. First of all, I wanted to remind everybody about the DC Vintage Superheroes calendar that I mentioned in our last episode. You can also find more information about this over at the blog at goldenagecomics.org. Go to asgardpress.com. There's still time to order this calendar and get it in time for Christmas. You can uh, go over there and order the DC Vintage Superheroes calendar. They have the Mad Magazine calendar as well that I talked about in our last episode. And a number of other vintage sports calendars. Don't forget when you're checking out, if you buy any of these calendars or other items at the Asgard Press website, that if you use promo code Golden Age Comics, one word, Golden Age Comics, you'll get 10% off the purchase. So go over to AsgardPress.com, pick up some of those Golden Age DC Vintage Superheroes calendars and give them to all your comic book reading friends for their comic book rooms and wherever they want to hang those calendars. They are wonderful calendars, and I know anyone you might want to gift those to will really, really enjoy them. Another thing I noticed the other day, I was on the web over at the Collected Comics Library website. Of course, the Collected Comics Library podcast is uh, produced by none other than the great Chris Marshall, who talks about every week the new collected editions that are coming out. He's done a number of episodes where he has covered uh, a lot of the uh, collected editions that have come out in the past. Really a great resource if you want to find collected editions, particularly reprint material, the stuff I look for, reprinting Golden Age comics or Silver Age comics. Chris is a wealth of information. Now, I noticed when I was over at his website just recently that his last episode was number 199. Well, that means that Chris, probably this week, will be producing episode number 200 of the Collected Comics Library podcast. So, Chris, congratulations on number 200. It's a nice Christmas present to be putting out your 200th episode of your podcast Keep it up. I look forward to number 300, number 400, number 500, and on into the future. Really a great show and uh, really a great comic book fan. And uh, near and dear to my heart, Chris is also a big Batman fan like I am. So, Chris, once again, congratulations on number 200. Keep up the great work. 
Last but not least, I wanted to mention that I have uh, spent a lot of time over the last several weeks improving GoldenAgeComics.org. In the past, it's sort of been a static uh, blog where I've only put up some show notes about the episodes that I've done on the Golden Age of Comic Books. Well, I thought about it, and there are a lot of things that I enjoy talking about that probably wouldn't fill out an entire podcast, and I said, you know, I can probably post small posts from time to time about Golden Age comic book issues or interests that I have that might not be something that I would do on the podcast. So I completely redesigned the website, and it is now uh, set up as a WordPress blog. And by the way, I really love the WordPress program. If you're interested in blogging, you might want to check out WordPress. Really fantastic. And I set it up, and I now have what I consider to be a much more user-friendly site, I have been posting on there every few days about Golden Age comics issues. I even posted about some Silver Age comic book issues. Some of the other podcasters and other bloggers have have made some comments on the website. And I think uh, it's really an improvement over what I have done in the past. So check out goldenagecomics.org if you haven't done it. Of course, uh, I still have the show notes from every episode of the Golden Age of Comic Books at that particular website. It goes all the way back to the very first episode from June of 2005. Up at the top, you'll see that there is a Show Index tab. You click on that, it'll take you to a hyperlink page with all of the episodes of the podcast. So you can click on the link. It'll take you to the page devoted to the particular podcast with the show notes there, some more abbreviated than others, particularly those going back at the beginning. And there's a little uh, player there. You can click on the little play button, and it'll play the podcast right there from the blog. So check it out. I think you'll enjoy it, and uh, I look forward to reading comments from many of you who listen to the podcast over at goldenagecomics.org. Please register for the site. You don't have to register to leave comments. You do have to give an email address, which is not published with your comment. That's just to protect me from the uh, loads and loads of spam that seems to be out there these days, particularly particularly on uh, blogs where there are comments allowed. But anyway, go over there and uh, check it out. You will find show notes for this particular show there once I get the show uploaded. And uh, a lot of other really helpful and useful information, I think, for the Golden Age of Comic Books podcast and now the Golden Age of Comic Books blog. So check that out. And in just a minute, we'll be covering Christmas on Bear Mountain with Uncle Scrooge. All right, well, let's talk about the great Uncle Scrooge, created by one of the, I think, greatest creators of the Golden Age of Comic Books and on into the uh, Silver Age of Comic Books, and that is, of course, Carl Barks, who was known as the Duck Man and the good duck artist way back uh, when he revolutionized the Donald Duck character in the pages of Walt Disney's Comics and Stories with some of the very early issues, and also the Donald Duck adventures that appeared in the title known as Four Color Comics. Now, his Four Color Comic Adventures I've talked about in one of our very early episodes, number four of the Golden Age of Comic Books, way back in 2005. Really great stories, great adventure stories, just extremely well done. Well, in the page of the Four Color Comics, number 178, that was the, of course, it was Christmas, December 1947 issue, Carl Barks decided to introduce a new character to the world in his Christmas story in 1947, and that was, of course, Uncle Scrooge, Donald Duck's uncle. Actually, he was Donald Duck's mother's brother. Now, we had never met Uncle Scrooge before in the Golden Age of Comic Books, and as most of you know, Scrooge went on to become 
one of the most popular of the Disney characters that appeared in the comics. He also appeared on some of the Disney animated uh, shorts that were done. But clearly one of the most popular of the Disney comic book characters eventually got his own title that started in four-color comics and then, uh, of course, the self-named Uncle Scrooge comics that appeared starting uh, in the 19, early 1950s and continued all the way to the present. Uh, Uncle Scrooge comics is still published on a monthly basis by Gemstone. So Uncle Scrooge is a really popular, really uh, important character, I think, in the world of the Walt Disney Company with the comic book characters they had going on in the golden age of comic books. Of course, most of the time you would read stories of Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse and many others who had gotten their start in the world of animation, but Uncle Scrooge got his start in the pages of the comic book. So let's talk about Christmas on Bear Mountain for our 2008 Christmas episode. Now, it probably goes unsaid that the inspiration for Uncle Scrooge was, of course, Ebenezer Scrooge, who was created by Charles Dickens in his famous novel, A Christmas Carol, that was published in 1843, long time before the golden age of comic books. Of course, Ebenezer Scrooge, as portrayed by Dickens, was originally cold and heartless and was only really after one thing, and that was greed and money and to improve his own financial success. Well, Uncle Scrooge, when he first appears in A Christmas on Bear Mountain in 1947, is very, very similar. In fact, uh, the very first time that we see Uncle Scrooge in print, we see him sitting in a big green recliner, and he says, Here I sit, waiting for Christmas to pass. Bah! A curse on it. Everybody living, everybody else. Me, I'm different. Everybody hates me, and I hate everybody. He goes on to say, but those stupid people buying presents seem to have fun, and me, I've never had any fun. So you can see pretty quickly that the personality of this character, Uncle Scrooge, is going to be uh, very, very similar to Ebenezer Scrooge by design. Now, it's my understanding from doing some reading in the past that Barks intended Uncle Scrooge to be a throwaway character in uh, this particular issue. He was there just uh, to be a device for Donald and Huey, Dewey, and Louie, his nephews, to uh, to de- revolve the story around. But it turned out that Scrooge became so popular that in the very next episode of Donald Duck in four-color comics, Scrooge made an appearance there as well. So Scrooge became one of the most popular of the Barks-created Duck characters, really, of all time. But in A Christmas on Bear Mountain, as I said, he got his start. So let's walk through the story that appeared in 1947. I've already given you a little hint about it, but let's start from the very beginning and go from there. The story opens, as some of the Donald Duck Christmas stories did, with Donald and Huey, Dewey, and Louie sitting around their home right before Christmas, lamenting the fact that they didn't have any money. Donald, in fact, uh, looks in his wallet and says, you know, I don't even have enough money to buy Christmas dinner. And the boys, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, say, well, oh, if only Uncle Scrooge would remember us. And then, of course, they say, ah, but he won't. And then the scene shifts to the part of the story I read a few minutes ago, Scrooge sitting in his palatial mansion in a big green overstuffed chair, hating everybody and, quite frankly, probably hating himself. And after he professes his hate for the world, Scrooge says, I'll give that rattle-brained Donald a present, but first he'll have to pass a test. And so he has a message sent to Donald by courier, and he invites Donald and Huey, Dewey, and Louie to his mountain cabin for 
a dinner and and uh, fun and presents and whatnot for Christmas. And the message says, Dear Donald, Huey, Louie, and Dewey, do you want to use my mountain cabin for the holidays? It is stocked with food and presents for the boys. Uncle Scrooge, McDuck. P.S. Don't be too afraid of the bears. And Donald says, ah, who's afraid of the bears? And the boys say, you are, but let's go anyway. Now, the whole plan, as we learn now by Uncle Scrooge, is not to give them a free ride and free presents and free food, but to see if he can scare the wits out of Donald Duck with his fear of bears. In fact, Scrooge says, they think they're going to get something for nothing. Ha, this is fun already. I do hate everybody, but I could like a brave man if there is such a thing. Now, Scrooge at this point hatches the plan, and they don't tell us what it is quite yet, but we learn about it in just a few minutes. And of course, Scrooge, as the scene is about to shift, says, my nephew Donald is a quivering waterfowl who would flinch at his own shadow. So Uncle Scrooge doesn't think a whole lot about Donald at this point. So we move on, and we see Donald and the boys driving up to Scrooge's cabin up in the mountains. As they enter the cabin, it's full of toys and candy and food of all kinds, and they dance in just great delight that they're up there at this cabin. They're going to have a wonderful Christmas with wonderful food and wonderful presents. We go back down to McDuck's mansion in um, Duckville, and we see he goes into the closet, and he says, I'm going to uh, get something out of here. I'm going to get them thinking about bears, and then we'll find out if there's such a thing as a brave duck in my family. Scrooge calls his butler over to the door of the closet and asks him to come and, and help him with something. And out of the closet steps a ferocious bear. And the butler is so afraid that he jumps right through the glass window. And then we find out it's actually Scrooge in a huge bear costume. And it's his intent to load that costume up into his car and drive up to the cabin late that night after dark and scare the wits out of Donald and his nephews. Well... We move back up to the cabin, and Donald and the boys are sitting around a roaring fire in the fireplace, and uh, it's starting to snow outside, and Donald says, well, you know, there, there may be uh, bears out there. I hope they don't spoil our fun. And the boys said, no, it's snowing so hard, there are not going to be any bears. Donald looks out of the window with a telescope and screams, ah, a bear, and promptly jumps up into one of the chandeliers that's hanging from the ceiling. Well, Huey, Dewey, and Louie look out the window and say, A bear? Donald, that's only a squirrel, and come on down from the chandelier. You're going to shake the uh, shingles loose from the house. You're shaking so much. Well, we move back down to the base of the mountain, and we see Scrooge in his limousine trying to make it up the mountain. Well, unfortunately, the snow has been snowing so hard that Scrooge cannot make it up the mountain. And he says, Well, I'll just have to wait and have my fun tomorrow. And he grunts and he groans and, and growls that, ah, oh, they're up there having a wonderful time at my expense, and I can't hatch my plan now. So Donald and the boys go to sleep, and the snow continues to fall heavily through the night. Well, when they awake the next morning, the boys are out in the, in the front of the cabin playing in the snow, and Donald wants to know what they want to have for breakfast, and they all say, let's have a dish of oatmeal. And Donald says, ha, oatmeal, you'll get lobster Newberg and like it. That's the kind of food that they had up at Scrooge's cabin. Well, and as they're all resting and having just a wonderful time in the cabin, the boys realize there's one thing missing from Uncle Scrooge's cabin at Christmas, and that, of course, is a Christmas tree. 
when they tell Uncle Donald that they must go out and find a tree to cut down in the woods so they'll have a Christmas tree. And Donald says, are you crazy? There are bears out there. I'm not going to go out there and look for a Christmas tree. And the boys cry and sob, and he says, well, okay. And he goes and puts on his coat and his hat and gets a big axe and goes out the door and immediately rushes back in the door. And the boys look at him and say, Donald, what's the matter now? And he says, there are bear tracks out there. And they go out looking for the bear tracks. Well, and what do they find? They find tracks in the snow made by a little tiny bunny rabbit up on the hill. And so they come back and they grab Uncle Donald, point out the rabbit, and say, come on, let's get going. We're going to find a tree. Well, they go looking for a tree. And, of course, it has snowed so much that the forest is completely covered. There are no trees except for one big old hollow tree very tall that's sticking up out of the snow and they decide well it's the only one out there it's the best thing we can get we're going to have to take it so they cut down this big old heavy hollow tree and they haul it back to the cabin and get it up into the uh, the, the cabin support it hang some colored pot bottles from it for decorations and say well at least it's a tree so Donald decides after all this hard work that he's going to make some more food. They are eating a lot of food during this story. In fact, uh, the boys decide, you know what, we're going to have strawberry shortcake and cold frog legs and quail hearts and cream sauce. That really uh, got me uh, wanting to go out and grab some food too. Well, the next thing we see as the boys are leaving the scene, well, there's a big hole in this tree. It's a hollow tree, as I mentioned, and there are two little eyes peeking out of the hole in the tree. And as we look to the next panel, out comes a little bear cub yawning because he's now aw awakened from his winter nap. And he comes out of the tree and he sees a teddy bear sitting on the floor next to the tree. And he growls at it and gives it a good sock with his paw, thinking maybe it's just an intruder. And the boys heard it and Donald hears it and says, careful, that was a bear, I feel it. Of course, uh, they don't find anyone there at that moment because the little bear cub has wandered off. And they said, well, maybe some bark just fell off of that tree. So they go look in the other rooms just to make sure. And Donald is looking around in the main room. And instead of one teddy bear now on the ground, well, there are two. And Donald said, there is a bear in this house. I can smell him, but he can't see him. And Donald says one of the classic lines from this story, Brr, I've got palpitations of the gizzard. Not sure what that means, but a classic line nevertheless. Well, meanwhile, the bear um, goes running when Donald goes the other way, straight into the kitchen where the boys and Donald have left their strawberry shortcake on the table. And when they finally return to the kitchen, guess what? Well, all the strawberry shortcake is gone. And they look at each other and says, say, well, who ate it? And all the boys say, well, I didn't eat it. And Donald says, well, I didn't eat it. And Donald says, now I'm sure there's a bear in this house. And guess what? He goes right back up into the chandelier, just like he did before. Well, now the boys are probably convinced there is a bear in the house. And they decide, well, we better find that brute before he finds us. And they look around all over the house, and they cannot find a bear anywhere well, a little bit later, once the kids leave the main room, the bear comes back down out of his tree where he's been hiding in the big hole and sees a roller skate on the ground, jumps on it, trying to attack it. And about that time, Donald is jumping down out of the chandelier. Well, guess what? The bear is on the roller skate rolling through the house. Donald lands on his back with a big quack 
and finds bear hairs where the little bear has just mowed him down with the uh, with the roller skate. And what does Donald do? Well, he jumps right back up into the chandelier. And the boys come running. Where did he go, Uncle Donald? We'll find him. And Donald points, shaking from the chandelier. He went that way. The boys trip on the roller skate that the bear has left behind, and it knocks them out as they crash into the wall. And the scene shifts with the little bear running down the uh, hall on his roller skate again. Finally, the boys come to, and they said, Listen, we hear the sound of roller skates in the living room. And they said, There's no bear that's going to touch our roller skates and live. And so they go chasing through the house, trying to find this bear, and he realizes they're coming for him, and the little bear cub grabs a box of chocolates and runs up into the hollow of his tree. Well, the boys are looking around, and they just can't figure out why they can't find this bear that's in their house. And they look all over, they've looked all over the house and in every room. Well, lo and behold, the bear decides, the bear cub decides to toss the chocolate box out of his tree because he's finished his chocolates, and it lands right on the head of one of the, uh, one of the boys. And then they realize, aha! He is in the tree. So they jump up in the tree and they grab him and pull him out of the tree. Well, the next thing we know, the scene shifts and we're back out to where the old tree was. Well, where there's a bear cub, guess what? There's always a mama bear. And the mama bear has awakened and she realizes not only is her tree gone, but her son has gone with it. So with a ferocious growl, she rips herself out of the tree, traces her son's scent and runs growling ferociously to the cabin, stopping only for a moment to completely destroy the front door as she enters the house. Now at this point, of course, the boys are in the other rooms trying to find the little bear cub, not knowing where he went. Uncle Donald is still up in the chandelier, shaking like uh, he's totally scared out of his mind. And the boys say, come on, Uncle Donald, come down. He's only a bear cub. He's a tiny little thing. And Donald says, let me see exactly how tiny. And they make little gestures showing that he's just really small. And he said, well, that's okay. That's the kind of bears I like. And then Donald comes down. He's got a little bravery now, a little self-assuredness. And he says, he'll be sorry he ever tangled with me. Well, about that time, Donald is going around the corner. He says, I hear him moving around the corner. And at that moment, Big Mama Grizzly Bear comes around the corner on her hind legs, claws bared, fangs bared, growling the biggest, most ferocious growl you have ever heard in your entire life. Donald runs for his life and says as he passes the kids, probably faster than the Flash ever thought about running, if that's the same cub you kids saw, he's sure growing fast. Well, the boys did exactly what the butler did earlier when Uncle Scrooge scared him, and they go crashing through the glass window out into the yard. And Donald, of course, does the same thing. Well, at this point, the bears take over the house. They eat all the food, they start opening all the presents, and just doing a good job uh, making pretty good mischief in the house. Well, Donald and the boys are outside, it's getting dark, and they're getting cold. Well, finally, Big Mama Bear, who is stuffed completely to her gills with food, and Baby Bear decide it's time to lie down and take a little nap. Well, the boys realize that Mama Bear's asleep, and they tell Uncle Donald, go inside with some rope and tie her leg so she can't get away and can't hurt us. And Donald says, are you crazy? Do you think I want to be killed? And they say, but we'll freeze if we stay out here much longer. So Donald goes in thinking to himself, boy, I hope she's a sound sleeper. And he takes his rope. And in the meantime, Huey, Dewey, and Louie decide, you know, we've had enough of this cub. 
messing with our toys and messing with our roller skates. We're going to go catch this cub. Enough of this. And so they find the cub on the roller skate and take off after the cub. Well, meanwhile, Donald is tiptoeing into the room with his rope, shaking like the proverbial leaf. And all of a sudden, Mama Bear lets out a big snore, a grunt, and a sigh. Not a ferocious growl, because, of course, she's still asleep. And Donald, in a, a moment of complete and total panic, says, I, I think I'm going to faint. Well, he faints right into the arm of the grizzly bear. So Mama Grizzly Bear is asleep with Donald fainted in her arm. Well, of course, at this moment, it's the time for Uncle Scrooge to arrive and put on his bear suit and try to scare Uncle Donald to death. Of course, he has no idea what's been happening in the house. So Scrooge sneaks up to the cabin, puts on his bear suit, enters the door, and the first thing he sees is a little bear cub that comes around the corner on the roller skate. And Scrooge, in his big bad bear suit, screams, A bear! and jumps behind the sofa. And about that time, as he's hiding behind the sofa, he sees Huey, Dewey, and Louie emerge around the corner, chasing, as he says, chasing the beast. They're absolutely fearless. But Donald is probably quivering in terror someplace. He's the one I want to test. And then, as Scrooge comes around the corner, he spies Donald and Big Mama Grizzly Bear sound asleep together on the floor. And Scrooge says, he's, he's asleep on the arm of a monstrous grizzly bear. Like me, he doesn't know the meaning of fear. Well, of course, at that point, Mama Bear lets out a big snort. Scrooge screams and jumps right out of his bear suit and right out of the house and runs to his driver and says, James, I have just seen the bravest ducks in the world, and Donald is the bravest of all. And he tells James, the driver, to go back into the cabin and tell them to be at his mansion tomorrow morning for the feast of their lives. And Scrooge says, nothing is too good for such ducks, and I'll have to think of a worthy present for Donald. And so they don't really explain what happens to Mama Bear and, and Baby Bear. Uh, we don't see them again in this story. Hopefully James wasn't devoured by Mama Bear as he went in to tell them all of these things. But Christmas Day arrives, and as the story goes... For the first time in its lonely history, the huge mansion of Uncle Scrooge McDuck rings with merriment. And the scene then shifts to Uncle Scrooge and Donald greeting each other in the mansion. And Uncle Scrooge says, Now, Donald, here's a present befitting a man of your rugged quality. Seeing how much you love bears, here's your Christmas present from Uncle Scrooge. A genuine Siberian silver tip bearskin. And Scrooge pulls out this huge bearskin with the most ferocious looking head you've ever seen and of course Donald immediately screams and faints right to the floor and Huey Dewey and Louie wink at each other and look at Uncle Scrooge and say uh well uh he must have eaten too much turkey or peanuts and Scrooge says yeah that must be it for just a minute I thought he was scared and that's how the story A Christmas on Bear Mountain from Four Color number 178 from December of 1947 concludes of course, as I mentioned a little bit ago, Barks intended Scrooge to be a throwaway character, but he became so popular that he was uh, one of the fixtures of the Donald Duck adventures and then, of course, the Uncle Scrooge adventures in the golden age of comic books. Now, Uncle Scrooge and his history uh, were not extremely well defined by Carl Barks during the golden age of comic books, and you've got to give great credit 
to Don Rosa, who I've interviewed a couple of times on the show. Both uh, interviews took place at the Heroes Convention in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I had a long talk with Don about uh, his development of Uncle Scrooge after, of course, uh, Carl Barks passed away and was no longer working on the character. I think it's fair to say Don is a very humble guy and doesn't take a lot of credit, but I tell you, he, he is a master craftsman when it comes to storytelling, just like Carl Barks was. And one of my favorite stories that he did, well, actually my favorite series that he did, is The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck. If you haven't picked up the collected edition of The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck, go out right now, find it on the internet, and purchase it. If you love the old Donald Duck stories you will love, and Uncle Scrooge stories, you will love The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck by Don Rosa. Just fantastic. If you're a history buff, it's even better. So check it out. He also did The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck Companion, where he filled in the original 12 chapters that are contained in The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck. He fills in in in-between stories on the in-between chapters 1 through 12. And I'm not going to go into the whole Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck other than to say, go buy it because it's great. However, uh, in terms of the Christmas on Bear Mountain story, Rosa did do a sequel to that story that appeared in Chapter 12, the final chapter of the Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck. Chapter 12 in the United States was originally published in Uncle Scrooge number 296. That was the February 1996 issue. And it tells the story of the entire next day, Christmas Day, Uncle Scrooge, Donald, and Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and what happened to bring Uncle Scrooge up to the point that all of the Uncle Scrooge stories told us about, the money bin and the Beagle Boys and all of those things that we learned about Uncle Scrooge as his history progressed. And so if you really enjoy reading A Christmas on Bear Mountain, you then need to sit down and immediately turn to The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck Part 12 and read the sequel to A Christmas on Bear Mountain. And I think when you read both of those stories, you'll get a complete picture from the very first Uncle Scrooge story to the logical sequel by, by Rosa and what a great development that character had over the many years that he has been published. So, not really a traditional Christmas story, if you will. However, as I mentioned when we started the show, the Christmas on Bear Mountain story was a Disney Christmas story published in four-color comics, intended to be a Christmas story in December of 1947. But it did introduce one of the great Disney characters to come out of the comics during the golden age of comic books. All right, well, it's Christmas, and I'm feeling uh, a little bit of the Christmas spirit, so you know what? I'm going to do yet another Golden Age of Comic Books trivia contest, and once again, for the winner of the trivia contest, I am going to award a DC Vintage Superheroes calendar for 2008-2009. It is a 16-month calendar starting back in September of 08, but it goes all the way through the last month, December of 2009. It has some fabulous uh, Golden Age and Silver Age covers. I've talked about it a lot before, so I won't belabor that point. So I'm going to give you a two-part trivia question. The first person to answer this question correctly by email, by emailing me at goldenagecomics at gmail.com, goldenagecomics at gmail.com. I will 
mail this calendar right to you. I don't know if you'll get it by Christmas, but I will mail it uh, regular mail as soon as I get your winning entry. Please include your mailing address so I can mail it to you. Now, here's a trivia question, two-part question. Number one, I mentioned, of course, the very first appearance of Uncle Scrooge in Four Color Comics number 178 in A Christmas on Bear Mountain from December of 1947. First question, what was the second appearance of Uncle Scrooge in comic books? I want to know the title of the comic book, I want to know the name of the story, and I want to know the month and the year that it was published. That is trivia question part one. Trivia question part two is, what was the very first title that Uncle Scrooge uh, had his own appearance in? In other words, not in a Donald Duck story. I want to know the name of the comic book, the year and month it was published, and I want to know the name of the story as it was published in that comic book. So, answer those two questions for me, and be the first person by email to send that to me at goldenagecomics at gmail.com. You will win the Vintage DC Superheroes calendar for 2009. You will love this calendar. If you don't win, you need to go out and buy one at asgardpress.com. Don't forget to use promo code GOLDENAGECOMICS to get a 10% discount. So I look forward to getting those trivia question answers from you. And uh, again, congratulations to our winners uh, in the last contest we did where we gave away not only the Vintage DC calendar, but the Mad Magazine calendar as well. I think I posted the podcast about 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and by about, I think, 11.10 p.m. Eastern Time, I had a winning entry. So there you go. I had a bunch of folks respond to that, and uh, I appreciate all the entries that I got. I posted the name of the winner over at the uh, forum, at the comic forums. I will post the name of the winner of this contest on our new and improved blog at goldenagecomics.org. Once it's done, I'll do a blog post entry congratulating the winner and uh, letting everybody know that we did, in fact, have a winner. So email me your entry to the contest, and I look forward to getting that calendar out to uh, the winning individual. Well, I appreciate everybody joining me for our fourth annual Christmas episode of the Golden Age of Comic Books for December 15th, 2008. This was our 60th episode of the Golden Age of Comic Books. I'm uh, moving along towards episode number 100. Don't know when I'll get there, but uh, I'm going to keep plugging along at least until I get to number 100. I can't stop before that. In that same vein, congratulations again to Chris Marshall of the Collected Comics Library podcast for his upcoming episode number 200. A great accomplishment, Chris, and uh, that's a great show you have going there. Uh, Once again, thanks to everybody for joining us, and I look forward to talking to each and every one of you about Golden Age comic books in our upcoming episodes. Merry Christmas, everybody.